Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life As We Know It. This is um, myself, Jasmine, um, and I host this show. Um, very happy to have you guys on today. Uh, so today we have a special guest. Um, she's my very good friend. Uh, her name is Maxine, Maxine Chan. Um, and we're going to be talking about confessions from PhD students. So if anyone is a PhD student um, listening in, I hope um, the following content of this show will be quite useful to you. Uh, so just an introduction to my show in case this is your first time listening. Uh, this is a well-being show, oh, so I like to call it. Um, it's meant to be interactive, so you can message or call in, actually. We have a number here, 207 848 2815. It's a WhatsApp, so if you're listening in elsewhere, you can actually technically message in. Um, it's meant to be inspiring to a certain extent, and I hope um, the positivity from the content uh, will also empower listeners in a way. So that has been my content for the last few sessions. Um, we do upload, or I do upload, um, the show onto um, a podcast format on Spotify and Mixcloud as well. And you'll be able to find that on our KCL website, KCL radio website rather. So um, without further ado, I'm going to get Maxine, my very good friend, who's actually doing this via video call. So I really hope this works. Um, yeah, and we're just going to chat pretty much. So the format of the show today is very similar to the previous shows where we talk and then content of what we're talking about relates to some music of some sort, and then we'll play that music. And um, yeah, so let's just introduce, well, at least Maxine, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Good morning. Oh, excellent. It's coming through. Uh, good morning. How are you today? I'm good. The sun is shining and uh, yeah, got a, a, a hundred things to do as always, but it's always nice to actually um, sit down and catch up with you and actually just have a moment to <laughs> reflect on life. Yeah, Indeed. <laughs> when did you finish, by the way, Maxine? Was it, was it a year ago? More than a year ago. Oh, gosh. Um, so I finished up in the lab. Um, so I started my PhD in 2017, and I finished up in the lab in 2021 um, and went back to work. Um, and then I wrote up my thesis when I was back at work. So I submitted my thesis in sort of summer 2022, had my viva in summer 2022, and then graduated summer 2023. Did you attend? It was a long process. <laughs> I did, I did. Did I you? My graduation. My hard graduation. Um, yeah, it was it was lovely to go actually and just see a lot of um, the uh, my fellow colleagues who uh, were in the same cohort as me um, for a PhD, and it was nice just to um, all be there and celebrate coming out the other side. Indeed, um, your ear pods might not be picking up your voice quite so clearly. I don't know if you can actually increase the volume a little bit, or maybe you might need to come out a little bit. Try. Maxine is very eloquent, so it'll be a shame if we don't pick up on her eloquency. 
Um, I can try without my AirPods. Uh, it might be a tiny bit heavy, but you can see. So just to let our listeners know, um, we kind of split up the show between ourselves. So it's sort of a dialogue, I suppose, where um, we have top five tips we can give, um, retrospectively give ourselves, (laughs) as well as uh, other PhD students. And we'll see how that goes. Do you want to try speaking again, Maxine? Yeah, how's this? Oh, much better. Yeah, it's a bit louder. Okay, let's continue then. Um, So, um, just a bit of background. So Maxine and I uh, did a PhD in the field of tissue engineering uh, and a bit of regenerative medicine as well. Our fields are very similar. Maxine and I go way back. Gosh, when did I know you, Maxine? Uh, in our teens, basically. We were still in school, yeah. Um, I think we met probably a couple of years prior to you starting med school. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I lost touch with Maxine for a very long time. And funny enough, we reconvened, or at least we met each other at a conference in Nottingham, and it was such a pleasant surprise. And actually... Um, hearing that she's doing very similar projects as well, or at least in the same field, that was very uh, serendipitous. And actually, I think we kind of pulled this... Well, actually, you pulled me through more than anything else because my PhD was a bit of a mess. Um, And, yeah, that was also from a bit of the content of our show. Um, So, as I said, we have a couple of tips to give um, fellow PhD students or PhD people who are thinking about doing a PhD, just to get a bit of flavour. So we'll start with Maxine's number one tip. Um, Do you want to say it or do you you want me to say it? Right, I've got to try and remember them, don't I? Oh, Um, you did send it to me, so you could just... Oh, but you're using your phone, aren't you? So your number one tip, I'll just just say the, the, the title and then you can expand. Expect to fail a lot. Yeah, so when I looked at um, my five tips and your five tips, I realised that it kind of really nicely split up into how I think about a PhD, in that, yes, the PhD um, is about the work, it is about the research, um, it is about the data, but my own experience of doing a PhD was that um, it is as much about the work and the data as it is about an emotional and personal journey. Um, For me, the PhD really was a test of my personal resilience, my endurance, my ability to cope with failures and setbacks and pick myself back up. And so sort of my top five tips really, I think, reflect that. It really reflects the sort of um, the lows and the doubts and the fears and the anxieties that you're plagued, that any PhD student will be plagued with throughout the, throughout the PhD process, and really how to try to cope with that, or how to try to make the best of it, or even just to know that it's completely normal to feel that way, 
Um, and there won't be a PhD student in the world who hasn't felt those emotions at one point or another. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I remember all those calls with you when I was at breaking point going, Maxi, I can't do this anymore. And then you would bring out examples of like other people who have done PhDs and or at least, you know, their content's so much worse, according to yourself anyway. And that in itself was actually really empowering. Um, because it was PhD student to PhD student, when I was speaking to my mentors, supervisors as such, I feel that there was a disconnect. They obviously said, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, you just need to do X, Y, and Z. But actually hearing about what was possible and what other people were doing and at least looking at myself and having the courage to kind of just pick it all up and, you know, continue. And I completely agree with you about resilience. I don't think my resilience has been tested quite so much. <laughs> um, right? Yeah, I know, totally. You've been through medical school. You've got, uh, oh, don't say anything. It's, it's a secret. I'm not supposed uh, to say all of my... <laughs> you know, but yes, I have done a PhD. You've been through challenges, um, but there's... There's nothing that tests your resilience quite like doing a PhD. Yeah, no, for um, sure. And your so, music yeah, for this. I know, oh, was there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, so no, my first tip um, was um, expect to fail a lot. And I think that's really important to remember because, you know, most people who start out um, on the PhD journey don't start expecting to fail. They don't start thinking, oh, things aren't going to work you usually start quite optimistically um, or you have a supervisor who's very optimistic who tells you you know this project is going to work this is such a great idea or we've got the funding for xyz um you know and the you know the when you think about it at the beginning of getting from point a to point b it all seems very logical um and each experiment that you plan to do, you think, right, I'm going to do this experiment because I want to get this data set to prove this point, and then I'll move on. And I think that um, along the way, every PhD student realizes that about 95% of what you do during a PhD doesn't work. Um, hmm. that's, a, that's a very accurate um, figure, by the way. It's a lot yeah. of failures. And I think that's through those failures do you learn and... It's a safe environment to fail, I suppose. I, I guess it gets more risky when it's close to the end of your yeah. PhD. But then again, um, I know it's hard to say it when you're, or at least believe it when you're going through it, but the failures do form the results, actually. And you just yeah. need to think really creatively. And I yeah. emphasize on creative. And that's actually part of your PhD experience is to think so laterally like a research student or researcher um, to spin it almost, to spin it into something that you can talk about. And I think that's a skill that we learned. Um, I'm going to I'm going to play your music, the one that is related. And I quite like it, actually. So I'm just going to play it and then we'll talk about what it is. Um, let's see if this works. Truth is, I thought it mattered. I thought that music mattered. But does it bollocks? <laughs> <laughs> 
not compared to how people matter. So, I'm not even going to pronounce the name of the band because I'm going to do it wrong <laughs> on live radio. But it's um, Tub Thumping. Tub Thumping, I think by Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Now that you say it, it's easier, easy to pronounce, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, that, that, was, that was a good introduction. Um, and actually, I think that encompasses everything else we're going to be talking about. Um, point number two of Maxine's tip is um, adjust your expectation. Sometimes the biggest achievement is just being able to show up each day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When you read it, it sounds a bit morbid, doesn't it? But I mean, I guess what I what I mean is is that it's very much linked to point number one in that um, PhD journey will have a lot of um, setbacks and it will have a lot of kind of um, moments where you feel like you're not achieving anything um, despite your best efforts or your um, you know you wanted to do something but um, you know you've, you're, you've encountered an obstacle or in fact you've spent months working on something that you really had high hopes for um, and it hasn't worked and I think in in anything in life, when you go through the, those emotions and those experiences on sort of a really regular basis, it can um, can make it really hard to sort of um, feel like you're achieving anything at all with your day to day life. And I think that sometimes just adjusting your expectations um, can help. So you know, seeing it as maybe not a failure if an experiment hasn't worked but um, an opportunity to learn from it or seeing it as um, actually even if you only got one small bit of results or small bit of data from something that took you a long time where you were expecting to get a lot more well that small bit of 
data um, maybe is enough for you to work with and is better than not having gotten anything. And sometimes even when you get no data and no results um, and seemingly seem to be making no progress with your research whatsoever, um, actually just turning up every day, just turning up at the lab every day, turning up at the group meetings every day, um, just opening your laptop every day <laughs> and, and looking and opening up that thesis and looking at thesis again or just reading your college emails and responding. Just that process of engaging with the PhD every day, um, making yourself go back in and go back to it every day, despite the setbacks and despite the failures, that in itself is already a huge achievement. Yeah, um, and I would have to add, I'm, I don't know if the listeners um, actually caught on to the fact that both Maxine and I did our PhDs during the COVID pandemic as well. That had a huge, can't emphasize how big an impact it was and actually your um your advice about going in was so much more um applicable then because there, there is a tendency to go oh I don't really when the labs eventually opened anyway oh I don't really want to go in you know it's too hard and a lot of the times you have to drive in just to feel safe I guess in the, in the initial period well I know you did um did I drive in maybe once or twice or you know few times um but yeah just having the motivation to go in and actually the number of times when we had at least well for, for me anyway when I go into the lab and then there's someone there so happened became is is an expert of this particular thing I was going I'm, I'm about to do and then the gems that get dropped during that time I think yeah. that's that's probably a good advice for anything really isn't it even job related to just yeah I mean when it, when it was really sort of bad and it was COVID and nothing was working, sometimes, you know, for me, I would set myself a goal of, well, just go in today and have a coffee yeah. with a colleague. You know, don't even try to plan an experiment or do an experiment or get data. Um, just go in, have a coffee with a colleague and copy that experimental data to your USB stick which you forgot to do last week and just sort of like setting yourself these smaller and more achievable goals and, and adjusting your expectations instead of expecting to be super productive and get loads of stuff done and get data um actually just if you manage to get yourself in get your dress self dressed get yourself in have a coffee with a colleague feel one percent better <laughs> we're not selling this phd are we you know that's already a great achievement yeah 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 i agree and your song for this i'm just gonna play it and then talk about it again I've never been defeated in 
I won't stop now. Whoa. Keep your hands up, get them in the sky for the homies that ain't making them. My folks locked down. Whoa. I never went nowhere. No. What they say in loot is back. Yeah. Blame it on that conjure. The hood call it loot and yak. Hey. And I'm on this foolish track. So I spit my foolish flow. Whoa. My hands go up and down, down. like strippers' booties go. Whoa. My verses still be serving, yeah. tight like a million virgins. Yeah. Last time on a college remix, now I'm on the original version. Yeah. Can't never count me out. No. Y'all better count me in. No. Got 20 bank accounts. Accountants count me in, make millions every year, the South champion, yeah. cause all I do, all I, all I, all I, all, all I, I do, do is win, win, hey. win, no matter what, Whoa. got money on my mind, I can never get enough, and every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up, and they stay there. Serving me's a no-no Clean as a whistle as I pull out in my Rolls Royce Yellow bone passenger They see it, they say, oh boy Tell Kelly, back it up, my Call me loco Down for armed trafficking, don't make me pull that Ask you what you laughing at Represent that mud life Right I was laughing at Maxine about that song But apparently it's her favourite song That gets her through um, lamp work it got me through many dark days of the life. Let me just plug you in. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so moving on to your third one, actually, I have a very similar point with that one. So we're just going to talk about it together. So third one from Maxine is when you seem to be stuck on a problem and you can't find a solution, put it down, walk away, take a break, circle back to it later. And the one that I'm was very similar to what I wrote was, um, if you're struggling, etc., cetera, uh, don't be afraid to change your project. And this is obviously more on the, I mean, um, Maxine's talking about more low key stuff and I'm talking about more high key things because of my past experience with PhDs. Because um, if, if it's not working out in the early stages, it's unlikely really to work out in the later stages. And instead of faffing around, and wasting time, it's having the courage to go to your supervisor and go, actually, you know what, this is not working. Can we think about something else? Um, and yeah, so a reason for this, I guess, is, um, I mean, that obviously comes from a bit of a hurt. <laughs> I think it costed me a first during my BSc year um, because I knew it wasn't working. So this is way back in when I was doing an intercalated BSc and I knew my project wasn't working and I didn't didn't say anything, carried on with it, spent loads of money. And then actually, um, I think the project really cost me, I guess, in terms of scores. So when I went back to research again, I was very quick. I was more courageous with seeing the failures and going, if it keeps getting stuck, and you're trying to do what Maxine said, you put it down, walk away, take a break, come back to it, and it still isn't working, you're spending months on this, it's time to speak up. And that is also part of the character building thing where you feel confident enough to just go, you know what, this is not working. Um, I need to think about something else. And reading around the subject as well. Um, obviously, I appreciate there are politics around confronting your supervisor, and not all supervisors are very open to being confronted in that manner um, and that's where I guess tactfulness comes in but if they see that you're not going anywhere with your research and you're spending money and a lot of research actually is 
consumables and cost, um, it's very reasonable to just go, I don't think we should be doing this anymore and having the open dialogue. And I, I think, Maxine, you, you had a lot of changes as well, haven't you, in your project? Yeah. And I think sometimes um, you, you're exactly right. It's about having the courage and the confidence and also, you know, the life experience um, to know that actually sometimes when something's not working, it's not because you're doing it wrong. Um, it's not because you keep making a mistake. Um, sometimes it's just because it's not working. Um, and there is no solution to be found for that problem right now. And it's okay to step away from that and say, do you know what, I'm going to let it go now and move on. Or to say, you know what, I've spent enough brain cells worrying about this right problem right now. Um, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just going to put it down, put it to one side, and I'll come back to it later. And when you come back to it, I often found you either come back to it with a fresh perspective, having you know, um, done other things that um, have taught you maybe some um, skills or some some solutions to the problem you were struggling with before. Um, or you come back to it and you realize that, you know, that thing was just not that important anyway. You know, I think when you're when you're working, when you're really focused on on task solving and problem solving it's so hard to go down it's so hard to not go down a rabbit hole um and to become just absolutely fixated on that one issue and one problem and then get so frustrated when you can't seem to work it out and sometimes just walking away and then coming back to it might help you realize well you know it's not that important um mm. you know it's not that a big part of my PhD. If I don't get this data set, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to not be able to write up my thesis or fail my PhD. So really, um, let's just put it to one side um, and, you know, call it a day uh, and not waste any more time. Yeah, yeah I think um, actually you can get very blinkered. You can get so hyper-focused on your one particular aspect of the research and realise actually how much does that add to the whole thing, you know. Um, yeah, so I th I appreciate as well, not everyone is doing a lab-based research. And to those who are not doing a lab-based research, at least not with cells and stuff, you did the right thing. <laughs> I just want to put it out there right now. If you can avoid those cells, um, you did the right thing because cells are like children. No, actually, no, they're like infants. Uh, that basically requires so much attention. You can't even take holidays sometimes. You have to work your holidays around them. They need feeding. They're so temperature sensitive. They're oxygen Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me started. But what I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, yeah, I think if, um, especially, you know, there are so many different types of PhD. If you're writing like a, a literature-based one or, or even just data analysis, um, you can get stuck. Um, in a similar way. And actually, um, another way of problem solving is actually speaking to other people and, and being open about your failures. Um, lab meetings are very helpful for that. Going to conferences are very helpful for that. In fact, I think I got my one of my solutions for my initial sort of pre-grant research through attending a, just randomly attending a, a research seminar, which was on the topic I was doing on and then um, I was focusing on and then realizing that actually one of, what one of the researchers was saying uh, could have been my solution. And that's when I 
took the courage to jump ship to another school of thought. Um, and and actually, the, the person who gave that talk worked, became my mentor and my lifelong friend. Uh, so I think there's lots of things for being open. And that was my one of my points, actually. Get friendly with lab colleagues. No man's an island. And actually, many of them become friends for life because, you know, best friends are born through adversity. <laughs> that was a quote. So... Um, yeah, anything else to add before we play that next song? By the way, I didn't say the, the previous song was All I Do Is Win by DJ Kale. Yeah, anything else to add? I'm just going to play the next one. All right. Like a small boat on the ocean Sending big waves like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match but I can make an explosion and all those things I Still good. 
Righty. That was a great song. I actually did want to listen to it uh, mm. fully, so I just left it on. Um, but um, yeah, so that was Fight Song um, by Rachel Platten. Um, so moving on, we talked about struggles. We talked about, you know, character building, resilience, all of that. The next point from Maxine's um, tips is cut yourself some slack. We often are our own harshest critics and constant self-criticism will hinder progress. How true is that? So, yeah, I'll let Maxine talk a little bit more about that. I mean, I I think, um, obviously, uh, it's not a universal truth that all PhD students will, you know, self-criticise their abilities or have doubts in their... Uh, in their abilities, but certainly for Jasmine and I, I can remember. We, so yeah, I was just going to add. Where we're such where we perfectionists, just, aren't we? Yeah, where we just said, you know, oh, oh, it's not working because I'm doing this wrong, and oh, I made a mistake, and I failed on this, and like, oh, I'm stupid, or I'm slow, or I'm inefficient. Um, and really, when you when you kind of ask. Um, your colleagues or your supervisors um, or your mentors to give you feedback, you'll very rarely hear them criticise you. You'll very rarely hear them say, oh, well, this hasn't worked because you did this wrong or you didn't think about this or you were ignorant or you were whatever. You know, often we sort of, we are our own harshest critics um, because we have such high expectations of, of ourselves and we feel so passionately tied to um, our research projects. Um, and we're the ones who can really see all of the, you know, tiny, tiny little flaws that mean so much to us, but actually are not perceptible to anybody else who's looking at our research or, or reading our thesis. And I think, of course, you need to have a degree of, um, you know, having some expectations um, uh, and having some standards for yourself but I think that what's really helpful is to try to cut yourself some slack and know that actually you know it doesn't things don't have to be perfect um, the reason things aren't working is not because you're stupid um, actually if you failed in that thing then every other student attempting um, the same problem with the same amount of experience as you would have also failed um, because you know I, I would remember talking to um, Jasmine during her PhD struggles and sort of feeling as though she was being so harsh on herself and setting herself such high standards to achieve something and I was like but no what you've done so far and what you've shown so far is already great and this is enough and if you just keep trying to um make this one thing perfect or better it's you're, you're it's going to hinder your progress it's going to stop you from being able to move forward and, and and move on to the next project and move on to the next thing yeah yeah I think as I, this ties in with what we said before having having pep talks, having conversations with colleagues um, is so crucial, actually, because it ends up being a little bit of therapy session as well. You know, yes. there, there is a lot of that in, in the PhD process. And also to add that, I think 
um, our field particularly is quite um, is quite vast, I would say. And for me, my only standard in which I look at all my research was through reading the papers. And they were such high caliber stuff, you know, and you think, oh my gosh, I have to do it like those that are published. And that's where I think the bar was set too high, perhaps for me. And I, I tried to attain that in um, not realizing actually I don't, number one, my, my lab, or at least my group wasn't specialized in this at all. So the mass capacity of that wasn't theirs and to bounce ideas off. And in a way, I'm so grateful that I managed to meet you and your colleagues at Nottingham because that was like a, a real extension of, you know, that, that sort of world, I suppose, that I really should have been... Do you know what I mean? Like the, the lab I was in possibly wasn't the most appropriate. Um, and, and actually, there was a lot of shuffling around as well. So I think... I, I, there are these small wins, I suppose, and those are through actually going to conferences and networking. That was one of my points, actually. Um, go to conferences as well and, and, and network amongst your your fields of um, interest, your research field. Um, because there's two things. One thing I've mentioned, you get to meet people or even long-lost friends like I have at one of my conferences. Um, and actually, number two, your future employer could be out there. Um, yeah, so knowing that, you know, the networking part adds to your currency, I guess, your, your social professional currency. Um, and also, this is probably one of your rare chances you get to go to another country sponsored. <laughs> you get to go to places at conference rates. So it's like, you know, great highlights, I would say, of a researcher or academic's life is going to conferences because you get to go to all these places that you probably wouldn't have gone by yourself um, yeah i'm very disappointed that i actually never made it to a conference abroad i think the fact that you know covid hit midway through my phd really sort of um stuffed it isn't it know, yeah it's not my nice. chances for that because i had my um, eyes set on a on a conference in napa valley in california and I was like, you know, it doesn't matter even if it's just a tiny poster I'm going to present. I want to go to that conference. I want to go wine tasting, which is probably like <laughs> conference activities. Um, and of course, then COVID hit. Um, and there were no, and all the conferences moved online. And yeah, so that was one of my biggest sort of um, regrets, actually, was not getting to go abroad for a conference. Oh. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's hit and miss. If you go on one, definitely aim high, go abroad, <laughs> as what Maxine has said. Um, but yeah, it's a chance to network, so um, definitely go to conferences. So the next song that we have for you, actually, let's just play it again. This is quite a good one, actually. I quite like that. Uh, let's go. <laughs> Tell me your passion's gone away And I don't need no care 
That was Bad Day by Daniel Pouter. That was quite a good one, I think. Um, <laughs> for any, any bad day. Quite like that song. Uh, so last, last tip from Maxine um, is there will be... Oh, I guess it kind of goes with what we've been saying so far. There will be many low moments when you feel hopeless. But trust that it will get better and you will make it through the other side with new knowledge number one, experience, number two, and confidence, number three. And that's very much similar to the last one I wrote, actually, where I said, after all the sweat and tears, know that it may it may be all worth it in the end. Eyes on the ball and goalposts. Um, and if anything else, it's character building. So, yeah, I think we probably meant, we probably covered this, isn't it? We've probably yeah. mentioned... I think it sort of ties into all of the other points we've mentioned. I think we've very much alluded to how how much of a kind of emotional and personal journey doing a PhD can be. Um, And, you know, I think anybody who's doing a PhD currently will know that it's um, full of kind of moments of real challenge or crisis or 
doubt or, or anxiety or sleeplessness. Um, anyone who's about to embark on a PhD, um, I think it's important for you to know that there will be a lot of um, dark moments at various points in your PhD where you feel a bit like, you know, you, you're a bit sort of unsure about what to do next. Um, maybe you even regret starting a PhD in the first place. Mm. You just feel a bit yes. hopeless. You just feel a bit like I'm, I'm Why have I wasted my time? Yeah, why have I wasted, you know, three years of my life doing this thing that doesn't work, that isn't going to get me published, that isn't going to giving me any data for my thesis. And it's going to feel, and, it, that, and that's not true, by the way, you know, you're, it's just that you're going to have those thoughts and those feelings. Um, and, it, and it's going to feel sometimes like there is no way out. Um, and almost like you just can't see the end of it. Um, and I know it's so easy for, for us to say it now because we've come out the other side. <laughs> and so obviously we're, we're looking yes, um, very back true. retrospectively and this with the benefit of hindsight. But I, and I think that anybody else who's done a PhD before will say the same thing to, to anybody who's currently doing a PhD and having those struggles is that um, however hard it feels now, that will get better. Like the obstacles will be overcome, the the challenges will end, um, the dark thoughts and the dark feelings will go away, um, and you will make it through to the other side. And even if you don't make it out the other end with the same results that you were hoping for initially, um, you will still gain something from that dark journey and that dark experience. Hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes just sort of holding on to that little glimmer that there will be light at the end of the tunnel um, and it will be okay, um, even if it doesn't feel okay right now, yeah. Um, yeah. can help you get through another day. Yeah, yeah. Um, having hobbies definitely helps. I think having yes. something else to distract yourself. Yeah, taking a break, going on holiday, yeah. chatting to friends, networking yeah. with other colleagues and PhD students in other labs who are feeling similarly miserable and depressed because they're also stuck on the same problems. Yeah. Like all of these things help you realise that you're you're sort of you're not alone, um, you're not hopeless, um, and you know, this phase will pass. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, I guess some practical points that I wanted to uh, make as well um, actually there's only really one left on my list um, which is really start writing your thesis early this is a, an advice someone gave me very very early on um, who basically finished his lab work and then he submitted pretty quickly after and I was quite shocked that he managed to do that and he, he said well the secret is that I wrote as I went along and, um, you know, as soon as you get, or at least you've made your methodology, write it down, put it in there as a draft. And that's probably a, one of the best advice. It's just that I didn't manage to really apply it to my own PhD, funny enough. So life was just too busy. But what I did do was create, like, you know, I, I, I took pictures of all the reagents or like machines that I uh, used and that, that came in really useful 
because, uh, you know, I was looking through my phone, you know, what did I use at that point? And those were my checkpoints. Um, yeah, sort of making your life easier later on as well. And actually writing your thesis early requires you to kind of do the lit review first. And your lit review is actually something you can publish. So you can get something out from it at an early stage, if not later. So all is not lost. Um, yeah, I think that's all we have to say, really, isn't it, Maxine? There isn't anything else. Um, and we have quite, quite a few songs for the last one. Um, I'm just going to play your one first. Um, and then we'll see if we can squeeze in other thoughts later. Maybe check on the chat for any questions.
Um, I hope you enjoyed that segment because that's our, the end of our little chat here and end of my show as well because I think the next show is about to start. So, um, yeah, I think the lights are on. So, yeah, well, um, I had one last song. I don't know if I can squeeze it in, but just to end it off with the kind of bang, I suppose. Um, I, yeah, I think remember that what you're doing is amazing. You know, you're going to come out with a doctorate. It's no mean feat, so it will be difficult. Um, and so, yeah, cut yourself some slack. You know, um, know that you're not alone and that it will be worth it in the end when you reach that point and don't be afraid to ask for help. So when that all finishes, I guess this song is dedicated to myself and Maxine, and I hope you like it, Maxine. Um, so the last song was Through the Rain by Mara Curry. Um, and the next song, in case we don't get to say, is called, oh my gosh, I don't have it here. I did not add it. It's Hall of Fame. Uh, so here you go. I just wanted to say thank you live uh, for Maxine as well to you know offer her time and join us on this podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you wanted to, um, if you have any questions of any sort, you wanted to reach out, my email address is jasmine.ho at kcl.ac.uk. And if you wanted to reach out to Maxine, just email me anyway and I can pass on the message to her. But thank you, Maxine, for taking time out. Uh, she's thank a busy busy doctor <laughs> working a night shift tonight so I really appreciate that all right well um that's all from us have a good weekend yep have a good weekend everyone you can run the mile you can walk straight through hell with a smile you can be a hero you can get the gold breaking all the records they thought will never be broke yeah do it for your people do it for your pride are you ever gonna know Be champions, standing in the hall.